This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Awesome, awesome. Are you guys ready to get into the Bible? All right, we love the Bible in this church. We, we believe it is the Word of God and that it is infallible. It is God-breathed. Amen. It is, it is holding our universe together, people, the word of his power. Amen? Look at your neighbor say, it's holding me together too. Hallelujah. Come on. Tell somebody. Uh, and and we're, we're concluding our series here, Start, um, today. And then we're starting a new series next month for the month of October, Spiritual Warfare. So we're going to talk about our victory um, over demons. Somebody say amen. amen. Talk about how the devil's defeated and all that good stuff. And, and, and those kind of things. You know, Jesus talked a lot about demons. And, and so we wanna, we wanna talk about spiritual warfare and those kind of things that are very much a huge part of Christian teaching and all that good stuff. So next month is all about that. Um, but if you wanna turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're gonna start in verse 24 and I'm gonna give you a little background. And I'm just going to... Um, Open us up in prayer here as we get into the word. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, Lord, we just pray, God, for your anointing, your grace on it. We pray for revelation and life. And Father God, I pray for spiritual food and nourishment and, and breakthrough. And, and Lord, I pray that for some people, this word's going to put a sword in their hand. For other people, God, it's healing. It's going to be like some fresh water for some, for others. Lord, I thank you. It's just going to be a stabilizing force in their soul. It's going to breathe some fresh air into their life, some, the wind of the spirit. Lord, whatever it is that people need, we thank you that you your word is sent to provide it. I pray it happens this morning, right now, for everybody in here. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. So as you're waiting there in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 24, we've been talking about start, how God call, has called you to do something, called you to begin something, to go for something, and, um, and you can look at your past notes and all that from the month. Um, but today we're going to talk about... Um, in context here is, is David and Goliath, a boy and a giant. And to give you some background with this is what happened was, uh, we're going to talk about a boy and a giant, and, and we're not going to read the whole story, just some parts of it about how David, when David stepped on the scene, what happened, and how you're called to step on the scene and change some things. Every one of you, everybody in here, you are called to start something. You are graced to begin a move of God. And, and so can I get an amen out there? And so before we get to verse 24, what happened was the, that, that David was, is the youngest son of eight and his older brothers were out at battle. The Philistines came to fight. Um, David would go to the battle to deliver cheese and to see how, that's what he's doing, he's delivering cheese. And um, anybody like cheese? cheese? Yeah, cheese is a big thing in my family. But we do tell Gia, make sure you eat some fruit with that cheese, because anyway. But um, anybody like cheese? I like cheese. I love cheese. Who doesn't like some cheese and grapes? Yeah, cheese, yeah, cheese and grapes, all right. Uh, cheese and crackers with some salami on it. Oh, man, I could, I could have, that could be dinner every night for me. Little sparkling water with that, feeling all bougie with my, with my, with my grape. <laughs> no. um, but, but no, that's what he's doing. This man, this little boy, he was delivering cheese. That's what he did. He delivered cheese. And so he's delivering cheese. 
And you got to understand that sometimes a seemingly insignificant thing is setting you up for something big. God loves the little things. He loves, God capitalizes on insignificant people in an insignificant place doing an insignificant thing. Always, always insignificant in our estimation is, is greatness in God's. The Bible says the greatest shall serve. David, all he was doing was serving cheese, delivering cheese. And the, the nation, the, the armies of Israel, they got 40 days and 40 nights. Goliath, this giant, would step out and taunt and mock and defy the armies of Israel. And the armies of Israel did nothing. They're like, they didn't, they just stopped. Like, okay, um, let's think about this, guys. Day two, hey, what, do you, what should we do? <laughs> I'm kind of scared. The guy's big, he's got a big sword, and he's very intimidating. And they didn't do anything. The armies of Israel, not civilians, armies, plural, of Israel. They had a history of doing some good stuff and they met something they never met before. They stepped into a space that was confronting them, that was intimidating them, and they did nothing. Armor, armies, the whole nine. They got a king named Saul. He's good looking, um, but they didn't do anything. They did not advance, all right? And so a boy and a giant, verse 24. 1 Samuel 17, 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they're talking about Goliath, they fled from him, were dreadfully afraid. They're now 40 days into this. Verse 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? And takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him in this manner saying well we already said it you know so shall it be done for the man who kills him and this is my first point is is God will put you somewhere so you'll start something God puts you in that family because you need to start something God brought you out of what you came out of because you are called to start something. He was just delivering cheese, but God orchestrated this boy to be in a place and to speak up and to have a voice because nobody else was doing it. And you might say, what am I called to do? Just look around and see what people aren't doing. That is an indication that you're called to start something, do something. I come from a childhood of my um, parents married and divorced multiple times. One of my parents married five times. The number of grace, hallelujah. <laughs> but but, but, but I, I, am, I came from a family that was not in church, wasn't part of church, so, so I, I'm gonna start something. My kids are 
in children's church right now listening to their teacher in the name of Jesus and they are learning about Jesus right I you you got to understand don't look at your past or your situation like oh man that's jacked up yes it is but that's why you're there and you're called to start something you, he stepped on the scene and he's like what what's gonna be done with him 40 days the king is chilling in his tent eating grapes and cheese and David's like what are you guys doing and I want to encourage you regardless of where you come from where you, your past or your struggle your your whatever it is um, your skin color you are called to change to start to do something to ask the question what's gonna be done about that you know this this boy so you need to initiate something because I'm telling you the majority never will they're not going to that's why you're here why am I here Lord because somebody isn't doing something and you need to do it you know you need to initiate start because the majority 40 days and 40 nights and these guys were trained to do something and they were not that's why David was there. God has called you to start where others have stalled. God, they stalled. They're moving forward. There's a giant there. Let's, let's, let's camp out and just, hmm, I don't know what to do until David came. And so I'm going to give you really quick here three R's of initiating. Real quick, simple. And then we'll get on to the next point. But the three R's of initiating, of starting, is this right here. Is, I'm going to tell you right now, there is always a risk with going first. There's always a risk. There's always something risky about stepping up on the scene and there's a giant taunting the, 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 the armies of Israel for 40 days and four nights and for a boy to step up and say, who's going to do something? And so there is always a risk. There was a... A definitive risk for me to marry this woman because of my past it's a risk people I've heard you know there's I understand the risk I understand the pressure because you're like I ain't trying to get married because everybody in my life got divorced so many times. that doesn't work for us I've heard stuff like you know and, and I've heard stuff from my own family you know what it's, it's just not for everybody so it's this risk. I, I remember getting married. I was a little scared at first. I was a little scared. I was like, oh man, it's, you know, because you just hear the negatives like, or I saw them, <laughs> you know what I mean? I saw the divorces like time and time again. It just, they couldn't just lock one down. <laughs> like, come on, like, let's, you know, and, and not that I'm judging, I'm just saying that's where I came from. So, so there was, a, for lack of a term, there was a risk internally. My soul was like, whoa, should I do this? I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying. I don't want to mess this up. I, 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 the only pattern I see is it never working. So there is a risk. If, if, if you come from, a, from an environment, maybe that, that education only went so far, and you're like, in your, you're like, man, I want to press into some education here. And you're like, well, it's like it's foreign. It's, it's a little different. It's, you're stepping out there, and it's, it's messing with your fears and your, your insecurities. But there is always a risk in saying, we or I am going to do this. So once again, the first R is that there's always a risk in going first. Number one is, I'm here to tell you right now, you are responsible to go first. 
You have the Spirit of God inside of you. You, you got God's grace on you. You are called by God that you, you, you are responsible to go first. I am responsible growing up in, a, in an environment where there was sexual molestation and drugs at a young age. I am responsible now to change things for my children that, that they're going to grow up in an environment where they, that's not going to be part of their lifestyle. At least when I'm in control of their lifestyle. <laughs> You know, but, but you see what I'm saying? I am responsible for what God has delivered me of. If, if you've been delivered of some sort of addiction, praise the Lord, but you are responsible to reproduce that in others, to give that to others. If, if you are blessed and you have a gift, I'm here to tell you you're responsible. All right? G gifts and anointings are more about responsibility than anything. I am accountable for what God has brought me out of. I, David rolled up on the scene. He's like, I see. It's, the Bible says that he heard the giant's words. When he heard the threats, he's like, I am accountable. Nobody else wanted to be accountable. And they tried to, you know, they threw a gift out there. Three. A woman. I mean, that's worth it right there. Come on, somebody. Come on, men of God. Ain't that worth it? Yeah. You know, uh, some, some, some money and then tax exempt. I mean, he wasn't going to be paying his taxes. I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. And this is legal. Psh, give me, let's do this. Right? And so, so the thing is, is that he, there was a risk. There's a risk. You know, why, why is there a risk? Uh, there's so much value on going first because it's, it costs. Right? Like nobody was willing to pay the cost. And so going first is a risk. It's because not everybody's doing it. You know what I mean? Somewhere in your life, in the context of your life, your family, your, your personal life, your, your, your walk with God, there's something that is, there is a risk. There is a risk in um, planning a church. There's a risk and stepping into this building and it's not even halfway done yet. <laughs> there is a risk in stepping up in here. A few weeks ago, we had temperatures over 100 probably and like I was about to faint before I got up here. <laughs> Praise the Lord, we got these AC units on. Uh, John came in and turned them on early mornings yesterday. That's why it feels kind of good in here. But AC's coming um, in a couple weeks, folks, so hallelujah. But, uh, and we're gonna get carpet and all that and stuff, that stuff and everything. But, but there's a risk, there is responsibility. And the last thing I'm here to tell you, to go first, there are rewards. There was a reward on Goliath's head. There's something about going first. There, there's something about taking that step. There is risk, there is responsibility, and there are rewards for those that go first. And so once again, verse 27, and the people answered him in the manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Here's verse 28. Verse 28, now Eliab, this is his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, heard his brother, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. The older brother is in the army, he's got his armor on, he's equipped, him and his two other brothers, the three oldest brothers were actually in the army, this is the youngest showing up, and the older brother is angry at his little brother for even talking like that, stepping up in this scene, trying to talk about who's going to be doing something, you know, you know, confronting his comfortability, if you will, and he said, why did you come here? Why did you come down here? 
And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see this battle. And so this was my second point, and we're going to go into, we're going to look at these questions here, guys. But once again, my first point is God will put you somewhere so you'll start something. My second point is this, is you have to press through when you're mis, when misunderstood. Because when you step out to go first, you're going to be misunderstood. I heard this preacher say this a long time ago. I never forgot it. I was a teenager or maybe just young adult, early 20s. He said, if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to say yes to Jesus, you have to be willing to be misunderstood by the multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David. Everybody said, be quiet. They misunderstood the guy. Jesus said, bring him to me, right? Time and time again, you, you, you're, when, you, when you step out of where everybody else is, because that, they're just comfortable, and you say, no, nah, let's, let's go on. I'm going to go on over here. You know, you're going to catch some hate along the way. Yeah, it's quiet. But, but, but it's gonna happen. So, so time and time again, you look at scripture, when people press into God, they immediately face resistance at times. It is normal. It's a part of the Christian walk. It's part of saying yes to Jesus. Don't get discouraged thinking it isn't God just because you catch a little heat along the way. All right? And so once again, he said, why did you come here? This is his brother. He knew him. He grew up with him. He had some familiarity with David. And he's like, boy, what are you doing here? And what is that? That is, the, that is a barrier you're going to have to cross. When you say yes to Jesus, the barrier we press through, the barrier we're going to face is rejection. What are you doing here? Why are you here? And so with that, why are you here? There, here's some thoughts here is you will have to press through the thought emotion that, that I don't belong here. When you step out of your boat, your comfortability, you say, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, even might be, I'm going to start going to church. Or you, you're like, no, I'm going to start serving in church. Or no, I'm a, I feel called to, to, to help do something. I feel called to do, to start this business. I, there's there's going to be those thoughts. It's, it may even come from those that know you the best. And sometimes the people that know you the best need to speak the least. Come on, somebody. When you say yes to Jesus, their familiarity is attached to something that is not what God told you. And not that they're bad people. It's not that you judge them or diss them or be rude to them. But sometimes you don't have to listen to them. You have to press through the thought emotion that I don't belong here. Look at, don't allow the haters to get you off course, all right? Don't allow the hate, you know, to dominate. <laughs> I just felt that right there, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, don't allow the hate to dominate. Look, because it's part of life, and sometimes you just got to just keep walking, just lift your hands and worship Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Anybody catch some hate, ever mess with you, mess with your head? Sometimes that, that, that's, that, that, and sometimes the, the, the intense or the, the most extreme of that is it, it could be very demonic because it, it, it'll twist things in your head and get you discouraged. That's not of God. Get you all like, oh yeah, I'm not good enough. 
Oh yeah, but what am I doing this for? No, imagine his brother. What are you doing here? Don't get hung up on the hate. Don't get hung up on the hate. The next question he asked was this, with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? You are dad's sheep boy. And you're rolling up in here without any armor talking about this uncircumcised Philistine. You need to go back to where you were. You belong where you came from. You don't belong here. Some people can't see you beyond where they think you should be. Some of you need to write that down. Some people can't see you beyond where they think you should be. Come on, somebody. Here's another one. Some people can only identify you with where you were. David stepped out of the sheepfold into an environment and he started to speak up and his brother's like, no, nah, man, this ain't you. You, you. you belong over there. You belong with the sheep. Who, you got to go back, man, your sheep. You got you to do, you got to go back to where you were. And you got to be confident in what God's called you to do, church. You got to be confident in what God spoke to you because sometimes that's all you got is what God called you. There's a song out there, you know, what, what God has for me is for me. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, what God has for me is for me. And I know without a doubt he will bring me out, okay? I always got these songs in me, but I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to. I got to vocalize them in a teaching context because we got the worship team up here looking at me and uh, I don't want to mess things up. But, but what, God, what God has for me, it is for me. And I know without a doubt, he will bring me out. You need to Google that lyric and find that video on YouTube, all right? What God has for me, look at that's what David was saying. God has for me is for me and he has somebody pushing up on him, trying to push him back. Didn't even realize, this man did not even realize he was pushing his deliverance out the door. It was coming through an unlikely source. I'm here to tell you that you are that unlikely source. You're the unlikely source in your family. You're the unlikely source in this world. You're the unlikely source in your business. You're the unlikely source in your family. The blessing's going to come through you. With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Here's the last one. I, I know your pride in the insolence. I don't even know if I'm saying that word right. Uh, of your heart. See, see some folks um, claim that they know you, but they don't understand the purpose in you. Because he's like, I know your pride, little. I know you were anointed by Samuel. And I wasn't. Go back to your sheep. And so this brother, this person that knew him, see, I know, I know you, I know your pride in the insolence of your heart. Some folks that claim to know you don't understand the purpose in you. And, and sometimes you have to see the, um, the accusation as confirmation. When the act, whether it's the devil, your own mind, somebody, you're stepping out, you're saying yes to God, you're, you're starting that thing. You, you have to see that accusation 
as confirmation you're headed the right way. David, David did not allow these three questions coming from a brother that he grew up with. He did not allow it in him. He didn't get it off course. He didn't get in a fight with him. He didn't, he didn't lash back at him. And sometimes we just have to keep moving, all right? The, 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 we'll move on here to, to verse 29 in a second. But, but the thing, all this came at this young man. All this came, I, I, I believe Pastor Nick posted something on Instagram earlier uh, just about um, your gift and how it, it comes with some element of pain to it or, some, or something. Um, sorry, I, I'm totally misquoting what you, what you posted there. But, but it was good. It was just associating the gift with some, you know, something that you have to walk through. I, that's what I gathered from it as well. You, with that gift God's given you, that open door God's given you, that, that weight is on you. And, and don't allow the accusation, what is coming at you to get you off course. He, he, didn't, he didn't absorb it and allow it to take root in him. It's almost like David wasn't even listening. He wasn't even listening. Sometimes when Gia and Nico, they're in a little tussle, like Nico will act like he does not hear her. Stop that, Nico. Nico! And he's just, Nico! You know, just, play, you know, ignoring her. And that, that's not a good thing, but I say when, when somebody, why, why is it that we, that we, we, we disregard when people speak life over us, but we just have this amazing memory when it's negative. Look at your neighbor and say, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you could hear 10 beautiful things. You hear one negative. You're like, oh. Don't, you, you, have, the, you have the power and the, the Spirit of God inside of you to keep on moving. David didn't blink an eye. It didn't get, it didn't, it didn't uh, discourage him. It, he kept on moving. God will put you somewhere so you'll start something. We are here in, uh, in, in, in Boyle Heights in this building because we are called to start something. We aren't starting everything. We aren't the only one, but we are someone. We aren't, we aren't gonna start everything, but we are gonna start something as a church community. Once again, press through when misunderstood. When you're misunderstood, keep on moving. All right, verse 29, verse 29, 1 Samuel 17, verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Um, sometimes when people are hating on you, the best thing to do is just ask them a question. <laughs> what, is there not a cause? You know? Instead of, forget you, Eliab, come over telling me, man, I'm just gonna, give me my cheese back, I'm out. You know what I mean? He, he didn't, I, and I, I know, anybody, you ever like, because it's a funny thing, like emotions are a trip because you feel it before, like first and then you think rationally afterwards. Is that like, oops, like you really, the emotion went from emotion to mouth and you didn't allow it to process in the rational part of your brain? 
Am I the only one? <laughs> right? So, so, you know, re- slow it down. Slow it down. Breathe. <sighs> right? Uh, just take your time. But, but I love how David answered the hate with a question. Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? And if, if you look that up in the Hebrew, that word, is there not a cause, it's interesting. I know it's, it might seem like it doesn't make sense, but, but is there not a cause is basically what he says is, you know, uh, what have I done now? Like, you know, what, like basically, why are you so mad? All I did was say something. It, that word, is there not a cause, really means in Hebrew, word. So, wait. Why are you mad at me? All I did was just say what was, I'm just saying what is going on. I, all I did was say something. It's amazing when, you, when you're walking with God, how when you, it, words are powerful. It's amazing. If you looked up in this in the Hebrew, it was like, what have I done now? It would just say, it would literally just say word. Like, I came with a word. That's all it just is. It, I don't know why they translated, is there not a cause? I mean, it makes sense, but that's what it was. All I did was say. All I did was voice what was happening. It's amazing when you step in and you say yes to Jesus that when you voice, when you, when you say something, when you open your mouth and communicate and release that thing, say something, how, how powerful the word is when you show up with a word. Is there not a cause? Verse 30, then he turned from him toward another and said, to the, said the same thing. And the, he, he's trying to tr- kind of, you know, he's testing the crowd here and nobody's responding. And, and these people answering him as the first ones did. Verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported him to Saul, who is the king at the time, the one in charge. And he sent for him. Sent for David. Said, bring David to my tent. Well, I'm sitting here eating my grapes and cheese. Verse 32. Uh, then David said to Saul, let, here it is, he never got off course. The hate didn't get him off course. Let no man's heart fail. He, he stayed with purpose when he got hate from people. He, the, the hate from his brother, the resistance from the enemy, whatever you want to call it, he still said, King, let nobody's heart fail. I'm not here. I'm not here to talk about what one of your soldiers just said to me. I'm not here coming. Some of our team know this terminology. He's like, okay, I got a little negative up, positive down to talk to you, Pastor Saul. No, he said, look, don't even trip. I'm not tripping because, look, I just want you to know King Saul. I want you to know Pastor Saul. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant, everybody say servant, will go and I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start it. I'm going to pick the fight. I'm going to initiate. I'm going to start. Yeah, I know I came to deliver some cheese, and, and, and I, I know you guys have been here for 40 days and 40 nights, and, and I got some of your soldiers. They don't want to pay me any mind, and they're sending me to your tent, but Saul, I still can't get this thing off of my heart. Something in me tells me something has to change. Something in me tells me that I'm here to change something. Um, I, something in me, in me tells me God put me here to change something. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this problem, with this issue. I will do it. 
And this is the thing, is starting isn't about me. Starting, beginning, initiating is about bringing freedom and breakthrough to somebody else. He focused on the purpose. He focused on the people that would be affected. He didn't get hung up on the hate. He focused, said, look, I'm here, I'll do it, I'll fight. Let's go. I'm here to fight. Bring it. Look at your neighbor and say, bring it. So once again, God will put you somewhere so you'll start something. My second point, press through. I know I'm repeating myself, but I want to teach you something here this morning. Press through when misunderstood. And, I'm, and I, I want to close with this thought here, is that David lived his life. He was a warrior. That was just a glimpse. That was a glimpse of what he was called to do. He was a warrior. Took ground. There's another time where Philistines gathered in a certain region, and, and he had a great week. I mean, David was killing it. He had a city named after him. He was doing all kind of stuff. And he saw some enemies. He's like, God, you want me to go kill them? He's like, go and do it. He's like, all right. So he had this thing in him to start, to do, to move, to go. Every believer, God's calling you to pioneer something, to be a believer. When there's doubters, you're a believer. You are Christ in the earth. You're the you're the voice of God in the earth. You're bringing the word. You're starting something. This thing is not supposed to be all the time safe and, and easy. It's supposed to be adventurous and bold and let's see what God does and let's not just live for ourselves. Let's live for some other people. Let's give ourselves for something bigger than ourselves. Let's, let's come together. Let's, let, 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 let's change a city. How about that? What if, what if God used us to change this? We were looking out the back, the alleyway, me and Nathaniel before after our leadership meeting we're like, dang, what's this going to look like in 10 years? You know, everybody just flooding into the house of God from the neighborhood, just filling the house of God and, and, and multiple services. And we just, you know, uh, purchased the whole block and had to do stuff for the community. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so David went on. This is, I want to end with this. Is, is in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. This is when David was about to die. This is what he told his son. This is what he told his son. This is what I'm going to tell Nico when I'm about to die. I'm going to say, I go the way of all the earth, my son. <laughs> I go the way of all the earth. I'm about to go. He has his legacy right here. This is something he's passing on. It's something he lived when he was in the field with the lion and the bear and then Goliath and then he became king of the nation and did exploits for God and he's about to go and he because he was a starter he was able to finish what he started in a real way not just kill Goliath yes he did all that and he took over um, land and built the house of God and did all this great stuff but this is God this is David's legacy right here he told his boy when he's about to go I go by the way of the earth be strong therefore look at this Solomon you know prove yourself a man be a man step up do it manifest who you're called to be man of God he was able to pass on not just this word but David lived this thing he started time and time again and he finished my last point church is be a finisher we've been talking about starting all this what's a finisher I'm gonna tell you right now 
crossing over into eternity with the legacy to pass to your kids that's finishing we might mess up and stumble along the way but look at this road right here up on this right there it ends over there on that horizon it's called heaven and I want to be able to tell Dominico and Gia you guys got this be a man Nico show yourself a man Giovanna do your thing girl take this world for Jesus I'm a I go by way of the earth show yourself a man every head bowed every eye closed thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed